You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to the podcast and connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. May you be blessed by the hearing and reading of Scripture and the meditation on the Word. Have a good day. Will you pray with me? God, you welcome us to your table. And sometimes we're reluctant to go because we're afraid, we're scared, or maybe we feel unworthy. But Lord, you remind us, and and through Jesus, that we are worthy and we are loved. And so today, as we prepare ourselves to come to your table, may we do so knowing that you welcome us and all you want us to do is come. So come, Holy Spirit. Fill us in this place and wherever it is we are watching today. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. And all who are gathered here say, Amen. So I, was, I'm, I love books. If you've ever been to my office, you'll notice that I have books. I have books at home. I have, I have shelves at home that we are reaching to the point now, and you know how that works sometimes when you get so many books, you have to start turning them to fit them into the bookshelf. And then sometimes you hope that you can put more books on the bookshelf and you try to contort the books to feel that way. We love books in our house. We're actually out of bookshelves <laughs> right now. And, I, and a few years ago, I picked up a book called um, A Bigger Table, Building Messy, Authentic, and Hopeful Spiritual Community by John pa- Pavlitz. And I set that book on my shelf thinking, oh, I'll get to that. And you know how sometimes it goes. You put it on the shelf, oh, I'll get to that. And then the next thing you know, I get to that, it gets covered by something else or time just takes over. Well, just recently I, I'd been kind of rearranging my shelves and kind of getting some things organized and, and donating some books to some friends who are in that stage in life in their ministry, and, and there pops this book. So I pulled it off the shelf and began to read it. And it inspired me, it encouraged me to think uh, of how we can build a bigger table as people who are followers of Jesus. In his book, he has this great line. Uh, Pavlovitz has this line, The heart of the gospel, the very, every expanded hospitality of God, Jesus, after all, was a carpenter. Building bigger tables was right in his wheelhouse. Jesus built bigger tables. And that line hit me. If, if we say we're followers of Jesus, we are called to build bigger tables. And so over the month of October, we're going to explore how Jesus modeled that. So let's dig into our scripture reading today. Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. Hear now these words. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to share a meal in the home of one of the leaders of the Pharisees, they were watching him closely. A man suffering from abnormal swelling of the body was there. Jesus asked the lawyers and Pharisees, 
does the law allow healing on the Sabbath or not? But they said nothing. Jesus took a hold of the sick man, cured him, and then let him go. He said to them, Suppose your child or ox fell into a ditch on the Sabbath day. Wouldn't you immediately pull it out? But they had no response. When Jesus noticed how the guests sought out the best seats at the table, he told them a parable. When someone invites you to a wedding celebration, don't take your seat in the place of honor. Someone more highly regarded than you could have been invited by your host. The host who invited both you will come to say to you, give your seat to this other person. Embarrassed, you will take your seat in the least important place. Instead, when you receive an invitation, go and sit in the least important place. When your host approaches you, he will say, friend, move up here to a better seat. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. So as we start this story, as we start to dive into this story, we notice the first red flag. Jesus sits down with the Pharisees. And I say this is a red flag because how often would a stranger or, or someone who disagrees with you invite you into their home? But Jesus is sharing a meal with a Pharisee in the Pharisee's home. And it was well known that the Pharisees and Jesus did not see eye to eye, and they didn't get along together. So right there should be already a kind of a challenge for us in the way that we think about our life and faith. Who are we inviting to our tables? Because we never know, someone that we may disagree with, someone that we may not see eye to eye with, that may be Jesus. And we have to be willing to share our tables with one another. We have to be willing to break out the fine china and, and be willing to dust off that table leaf that's tucked somewhere and bring it out and, and make the best meal that we can. Because we never know when we'll be in the presence of the Lord. And so here they're sitting around this table. They, they, they start adding uh, table chairs. And, and I'm sure this, this it got a little bit crowded and the Pharisees, being the Pharisees, got a little angry at Jesus, and here's why. They got angry at Jesus because Jesus did a Jesus thing. man walked in dealing with some illness. Jesus cured him, sent him on his way. The Pharisees were angry and upset. And, and they might be angry and upset for a few reasons. One might be there was a sick man in their house. The other is he broke a law. He healed on the Sabbath. But Jesus takes that law and flips it and says, if your child was in a ditch or, or if your ox was in a ditch, wouldn't you take care of them? This is a child of God. We should take care of them. And that act of healing was one, you know, Jesus didn't sit there and ask a man, hey, um, a man who's sick, we'll call him Ted. Ted, um, you know, it's the Sabbath and I can't heal you. You know you're unclean, I can't heal you. You know you don't follow me, I can't heal you. You know you don't profess my name, I can't heal you. No, he doesn't lay down any barriers. What he does is he just heals him and sends him on his way. 
how often do we put up barriers to keep us from experiencing other people? How often are, are we too afraid to build a larger table because of what that may mean? How often are, are, are we willing to, to break down those barriers and, and welcome people to our tables? Now, I know with COVID, that's a little bit difficult to say, hey, I, I want to encourage you to go have a meal, but there are ways that we can have meals uh, together. It's beautiful weather outside. We can gather together outside and we can share and break bread together. Think about those friends that you haven't seen in a while. Send them a text. Tell them that you love them and you care for them. And hey, let's break bread together someday. Or if you happen to see them at their favorite coffee spot, say hello. How's it going? You never know how that might heal someone. How that might care for someone. How that might show God's love to someone. We must build bigger tables. Because that's what Christ calls us to do. And I say that time and time again. In Luke's gospel, Jesus is always eating. Jesus is always going to people's houses. And I, and I, and I can see where that would be a little bit of a trouble if Jesus walked into my house today. Our dining room table is a little messy. It's my fault. I will confess my sin. I have things that are on our dining room table. I'd have to take it off. We'd have to bust out the leaflet. We can find it. It's probably somewhere where it should be. But I know Ashley knows. We'll be okay. But if we make space for people, we're willing to enlarge our tables and, and, and be willing to, to share this good news with people and just say, hey, let's break bread together and have simple fellowship and share hospitality. And not worry about how dirty our house is. Because, you know, in all honesty, your house will never be perfectly clean. There's always going to be something messy. But Jesus doesn't care about that mess. What he cares about is you all getting together and fellowshipping. Caring for one another. Loving one another. Building a bigger table requires us to, to break down some of those barriers and some of those things that, that we see in the story today. We, we, we shouldn't have to worry about whether we're healing on the Sabbath, but what if we actually genuinely cared for our neighbor and invited them to lunch or dinner? Or what if you walk into a restaurant and maybe you're eating by yourself and you notice someone eating by yourself, their self and you kind of know them a little bit, say, hey, can I join you for lunch today? You never know how that might impact their life. If they say no, don't take it personally. Maybe they want that time. But maybe they say yes. It doesn't mean you have to have a script. It doesn't mean you have to say, hey, um, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? All it means is just say, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? And you know, that can lead to the kind of healing that sometimes Jesus brought to people that we didn't really realize. We can help if we're willing to build that bigger table. Obviously, when Jesus heals the man, uh, you know, it's a very Jesus thing, and the uh, Pharisees get a little upset a little bit. And Jesus, no, Jesus is really good about reading a room. Have you ever noticed that? Jesus is really good about reading a room and diffusing the situation with challenging him even more. Jesus doesn't say, oh, it's okay, it'll be fine. He, he's like, all right, so I got, I got to use this as a teaching moment, y'all. He says, let me tell you a parable. So he begins to tell him this parable about the wedding celebration. 
And he did that because he saw these people like fighting for the best seat in the house. And sometimes the best seat in the house is the one, you know, in the back. Or the one on the small table. I love Thanksgiving meals when I can eat at a, at a kitty table. Put me at the kitty table. The conversations are more fun. I to worry a little bit more about spilling my food, but what if we diffuse the seats of honor in our own lives and we're willing to make room for others? And we do that by building a bigger table. In my house, when I grew up, growing up, if mom busted out that table leaf, we knew it was going to be a big, good dinner. We knew that someone special was coming because she was busting out the table leaf. Now, there were seven of us in our house most, a lot of the time, and, and we never busted out the, the table leaf because we ate it in the, in the living room, around the TV. But we knew that when the table leaf was coming, somebody special was coming. And sometimes it could have been as simple as some college students that my dad was feeding for a meal. Or sometimes it could have been more family members coming. Because Lord knows I have a lot of family members and we needed all the space that we could get in our small little house. But we knew something special was coming. Maybe you need to break out that table leaf and invite people over and share a good meal and just have a good time of fellowship. Because when we do that, it changes the world. Pavlovitz reminds us that when we simply follow him to the table of our own hospitality, we pull that sucker open, and that's the table, drop open a couple of table leaves, and start adding chairs. This is how we become family. This is how we find our place and set one for others. That's how we make chicken soup for the world. When we build that larger table, and we invite people in, and we invite people to share a meal together, it changes all of us. Because that's one of the most vulnerable times that you have, is sitting there eating. When was the last time you invited someone to dinner? I know COVID. But when was the last time you said, hey, grabbing someone after church, say, hey, let's go, let's go eat somewhere. Now, some of you do a good job of that. But what if you invited a stranger? What if you looked at someone you didn't know? What if it was someone who sat across the pew from you for 15 years and you never had had lunch with them? What would it look like for you to expand your table? What would it look like for you to say, to live into this idea of building a larger table? If we can do that, we can change the world. And in one of the conversations we had on Sunday night, with our discipleship ministry team, we talked about some things that we missed and some things that we were looking forward to and some things that could be a possibility. And one of the conversations that came up was having those dinner groups. Do you, some of you remember when you all did dinner groups many years ago? What would that look like if you did that again? Here's the great thing. I'm giving you authority to do that again. And we're going to do it in a non-traditional church way. Go and do it. You don't have to get approval from me or anyone else. It's your home. Open up your home. Be willing to share a meal with somebody. And then let us know if it worked. Who knows, maybe that meal may develop into getting together and having a small group. 
I know one of the cool things that Ashley's parents do is that they gather every Friday night and they go eat at a different place in Oklahoma City that they haven't eaten before. Now, I know in Tahlequah that's a little bit difficult. We, you could probably knock that out in about three months. But they gather together and they have fellowship together. They care for one another. That's all we have to do. And that's what followers of Jesus do. They care for those in our community. What if you decided you'd get three or four people that your, your new thing will be on Sundays after church, we're going to go eat at this place. And if we see a new person, we're going we're to invite that person to come with us. And maybe we'll even pick up the, the meal tab. Because let me tell you, you can definitely win people over when you pay for their meal. What if we did that? What if we built larger tables? What if we're willing to say, hey, Matt, I would love to host a table host at my house. I don't know what to do. I'll help you. We'll get it set up. I want to challenge you to invite people to your table and just share a meal together and see what happens. Because it's in those moments that we can experience the sacred, get to know one another. And you know, it's not that hard. We all have different sized tables. There are many places to go and eat in town. And we can break bread together. And we can do that. It changes the world. Because this world is telling you not to do that. This world is telling you not to have the table leaf and get it out. It's telling you to not let people in. So I want to challenge you to go and build a bigger table because that's the invitation that Jesus made for us today was to make our table wide and to be willing to invite those who wouldn't have been invited anywhere else. If we can do those things, it changes the world. Think about how you can do that this week. Let us pray. God of a big, wide, open table, you invite us all to gather and to fellowship and to eat together. And so, Lord, as we prepare ourselves for Holy Communion, may you remind us that this table is for all people. No matter where they are in life's journey or life's faith, remind us that we are loved and we are called to care for one another. And bless us and keep us and make your face known to us as we go out into the world and build larger tables. Lord, be with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We hope you have a good week, and we ask that you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a good day.